All right, welcome in everybody. We're here for another uh, session of the Hard Rock Charlie Foundation podcast. Uh, my name is Wesley Jarena and I'll be your host again today. And again, I am joined by my partner in crime and producer, William Henderson, who's in Orlando, Florida. How are you doing, William? Great, Wes. Thanks for having me. And so as we've talked about before, our plan here is to kind of interact with the guys that were there from day one, those that uh, kind of were there to 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 grow this thing and see the vision and, and kind of figure out that, hey, you know what, this is something kind of cool and we kind of go from there. But I, I do believe it's important to find out a little bit about those individuals because, I, as I've said previously, I don't know that we as Rangers do a no, good enough job of talking about anything behind the guy that you met uh, in, in Charlie Company or in the Ranger Battalion. We, we know a little bit about their past, but we probably don't know enough. So today we have uh, with us the, the current elected vice president of the foundation, uh, a Hard Rock Charlie alumni, of course, and a guy I've known since uh, way back in the day. Uh, and uh, he, he, he's excited to be here, I think. But uh, Lewis Prettyman, how are you doing today? Oh, very well. Thanks. Thanks for the intro, Wes. And, uh, well, good. good to see you, William. Yeah, and he's in Florida as well, so they've usually got pretty good weather down there. I will tell you that here in the state of Texas, we just turned from the furnace to some really good weather today, so I'm excited about that. But as I mentioned, what I'd like for you to do now, Lewis, is I'd just like for you to take a minute and 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 talk to us about where you came from, what you were up to, besides listening to punk rock music. And how you decided that you, A, wanted to join the Army, B, become a Ranger, and then just talk a little bit about showing up at uh, Charlie Company 1st Ranger Battalion. Well, it's it's quite easy for me. I was a um, uh, stereotypical um, two-choices son when I was about 20 years old. Uh, one was, you know, do something with your life and get your life back on track. And the other one was potentially prison. I already had some friends that, you know, went to the big house and it was a point in my life. I said, well, I need to do something with my life, but if I'm going to go military, I'm either going to go all in or not at all. And so I had some, some friends or a friend in particular that said, go Rangers. And so I went to the recruiter, went in and I said, I want to go Rangers. And recruiter said, no, we got this, that, and the other. And so I said, well, I'll, I leave, turn around left. And I, I probably wasn't even home yet. And the phone's ringing. No, come on back. Come on back. I found something. You can do this. And so I turn around, went back. And they, uh, next thing I know, I'm at, I'm at Benning. So that was my intro into the Army. Um, uh, got the battalion. Um, you know, I have a very unusual last name. So uh, that was fun. Um, but, you know. I've heard it all. Didn't really care. And I was a little older when I went in. I had I had a couple of, I had an associate's degree and a couple of things and I had a ton of college credits and um a little older. So, you know, it wasn't too shocking, but um it was a it was a great experience from the get-go. Awesome. Um I think what's interesting is those of us that weren't around when the GWAT kicked off have a very similar story about how we, you know. A lot of these guys came because they saw the twin twin towers fall. And for a lot of us, the towers were falling around us literally in our lives. And so uh, it's interesting. I, you weren't the first one to say that. And I doubt you'll be the last one to say that. So, so that's kind of true. Yeah. So, so let's fast forward. Uh, I know you were part of the original gang and, and what I, what I, what I had talked to Dan about previously was 
you know, for me, I kind of stayed in touch with people, but I didn't. But it seems like some of you guys stayed in touch over all these years. And I and I don't know if you were part of that or not, but all of a sudden on Facebook, I was told that there was this Charlie Company reunion and uh, that I should go be a part of it. And so were you one of the guys that had kind of stayed in touch with some of the folks? And, and how did you get involved with the initial uh, initial event? Well, yes and no. Um you know, after my, uh, you know, I, I did six years active and then I got out, did reserves or guard, guard reserves. And, you know, that's, if, if you know anything about that, it's a, it's an eye opener doing what we did going to that. And so finished my, I guess, whatever my, uh, what do you call that? The, uh, required duty post exiting there's a name for it and i just right. can't remember it anyway so finished that got out and you know finished school and all that and got a good job and um but yes um i i kept up with and this kind of ties into our foundation i kept up with the core people that i was kind of born and raised with in battalion and there's a lot of peripheral people that popped in and out but 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 that was it was the core people that i was born and raised with and so that's how it kind of started was out of the blue uh, Dirty Dirk Hoyle calls me and he says, Hey, pretty man, do you want to jump? You're in Florida and there's some jumps that happen down there. And I said, fuck no. Um, <laughs> I said, I, I don't want to jump. I, I'm old. I've had several surgeries. Um, no. And uh, he goes, it's a water jump. And I was like, okay, that sounds safe. Er. And <laughs> so um, I said, okay. I said, well, who else you got? He said, nobody. I just called you. And so I immediately just sent a blast out on my anybody I had in my list that was you know ex ranger, uh, former Charlie Company Rangers, and then I hit hit up Troy because you know everybody knows Troy. There's not a ranger he doesn't know. And Troy says, "Well, yeah, I can I can get a bunch of people," and it it kind of snowballed from that. And then of course I have to add this, and um, there's a guy at Phantom who's to jump people that we did it with named Chris Stevens. And I had somehow made a connection with him and he says, well, how many Rangers can you get? And I said, well, how many do you want? And, um, you know, at first we're talking like 20 people and it escalated after we made those calls and then Troy did his thing. I mean, we ended up with William, you can probably back me up. It was close to 80 people. And we basically took over a jump as Rangers, which was cool in itself. And that's kind of how it started. And yeah. you We'll, yeah, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and then the jump occurred, and then that's when things really got started. Yeah, I'll get to uh, a bit of that in a second, but I do think that you kind of hiding behind the saying the fact that you you got a good job. You're still a government employee, and you've been working for Uncle Sam for how many years now? Um, I'm coming up on thirty plus, and I'm. Um, there's I'm a lot thinking, about, thinking about retirement right now. So yeah. you probably should be, but congratulations for that. And we appreciate it. Uh, you know, that's, it's not easy that everybody goes out there and, and has to deal with the government all those years. So that's, that's, that's kind of cool stuff. And so I think some of the stuff that kind of led people to start thinking that maybe this was a little more than just what it was, was going on before the jump. Uh, but certainly the jump has a lot to do with it, but tell me what are the, some of the things that you saw in those couple of days while everybody was just hanging out that made you think that maybe, maybe there's something special here. Well, I mean, it, it was kind of easy for me. Number one was the amount of Rangers that showed up and how fast we were able to, uh, 
take those uh, slots that were authorized to us. Um, and then when we got to the, I mean, then the, the planning aspect, and that's, that's where Dan comes in because he, he took the ball and ran with that. I mean, he organized a central location for all of us, which was the hotel near Orlando. I can't remember the name. And, um, we all started to gather right off the bat. We were already doing Ranger shit. I think me, William, and someone else showed up. We already had to go see the, we had to go see the, uh, management at the hotel for some out of control people. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I mean, you know, that, that's a whole different story, but, but then but that's it right then. You knew you had a bunch of damn Rangers in one spot. And then, you know, me, I just kind of sat and listened and, and watched and, um, it was just fascinating. Um, you know, I wasn't even thinking of the, I guess the healing aspect of it at all. It was more of a, a great to see some great people. Then we started to see like, you know, brothers show up. I always point to Pat Swan and David Swan, you know, two different generations of Rangers showed up with an opportunity to jump together. That was cool. Got to see like all the, you know, all the old people, um, you got to see some quote unquote muckety mucks that showed up that, you know, back in the day, you know, you didn't really give the time of day unless they're addressing you, but then my God, they're human, <laughs> you know, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think what hit home with me was when Pat McGrath showed up, you know, he happened to live in Orlando and he showed up in a wheelchair and I think everybody here is a just cause veteran. I could be wrong. Um, no. well, I know, Wes and I are, and, and we've heard of, you know, Pat's story from Just Cause with the, the horrible jump, but there he was sitting there, and I, I spent a good amount of time with him, and I'm just watching him, and you could tell that, A, he was thrilled to death that we were all there, and we embraced him, even though he was second bat, um, but we still embraced him, and, you know, you just got a sense he wants to jump, and so that kind of became my mission was to, well, I got to get this guy out of an airplane because he wants to. So anyway, I might be rambling. You stop me when I'm no crazy, say but, what you say. But that was, you know, that was kind of key to me. But that was my first hint of the of the healing aspect of it. But then all you had to do, all you had anybody had to do was just stand there and listen to the conversations. And it was amazing. I mean, it was I mean, I heard some horrible stories about how people's day to day lives are. And that this moment in time was huge to them. And so I don't know, that's kind of and I think it, it picked up with some key people like you, obviously, uh, um, you know, William, uh, Dan was, was talking about, Dan and I were talking about when we were at the, uh, drop zone, looking at that hotel, the Key West and says, why the fuck don't we do this here? You know, uh, things like that. And of course, Duke, Duke's integral, you know, cause, you know, he's, he got, you know, he was real excited about it. And, um, he says, are you just listening? Are you just listening to these people? <laughs> you know, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. <clears throat> Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. It was a, a a very moving weekend for myself. Uh, I've always wanted to stay in touch uh, with Rangers in particular, but always wanted to try to be involved. And I've, and I've been involved in some other organizations, and, and they're great. They're fine, but they were just too big. And as we've said before, I think if you dial it down to that lowest level, which we were all. Almost everybody that showed up from Charlie Company, we kind of knew as a private back in the day when we were all dumb, getting smoked together. And a lot of guys have gone on to do some really insane, crazy good stuff. And some of us went out to the civilian world and 
but just getting everybody back together, there was just really so much in common. It, it brought up so much, so many memories. And I think people were actually able to open up more because you weren't meeting some ranger at a bar that you'd never met before. And then he wants to talk and you're kind of like, well, I don't even really know you. Right. <laughs> but these guys that were there knew you and they probably seen you at your weakest point uh, or you had seen them there as well. So I do agree with that uh, 110%. And so we fast forwarded. Uh, we're on number three. We're about to pull off number four. And so what things have you seen that have really impressed you with the growth? Where do you think we're going with this? And I guess just how do you think we're doing? Well, let me, let me just back up one second on what you said about the uh I call it, you know, LCD, lowest common denominator. And it's, um, like you said, it's the people you were born and raised with. And that's how we started. And then, of course, we developed a charter. And uh, we wanted to include all rangers um, within regiment. And then, then, you know, the people like Roger Cross, who were, you know, uh, the uh, cast guys that were attached to us. Anybody associated with regiment. And so, so I'm just sitting there personally thinking like, well, it's the Hard Rock Charlie Foundation, which is Charlie Company. And we're thinking lowest common denominator. How do you, how do you include the rest of them? And, but it was kind of easy because the parallels are no matter what battalion you were in, you were always at the lowest common denominator at some point. We all had same similar situations. So that way we, we can bring in, you know, second bat, third bat, uh, the regimental folks and what have you. And I think that kind of went well. And I think there was a lot of people already associated with the uh, that jump group that we work with that were Rangers. And then they gravitated to us because, you know, and I've heard it from some second bat, third bat guys says, you know, this is this is awesome. This is this is home. And uh, because it's all the people have the same experiences uh, growing up in regiment. Where do I think we're at now? I think we're in a great place. Um, we've definitely grown. Um, um, our, our membership has gone up. Um, we're, we're rebuilding some of the stuff that we just kind of threw together at the get-go just to get our feet on the ground, and that's only going to get better. Um, that's that's where I think we're at. And, and, and Wes and Will, you've been part of some of our feedback from our last one, and it's it's all stuff I think we knew and that we can definitely fix and move forward with. Yeah, I agree with that. And I will touch on that as well. We, we, you know, we do, we do welcome all battalions. Uh, but if at the end of the day, it is a Charlie company, first ranger battalion event. And so, uh, don't be afraid to, to mix in and come chat with people and, and, uh, just understand where you're going. Right. And so if I was to go to a second ranger battalion, Charlie company event, I would fully expect that I may not have a lot of people that I would chat with, but I might know some and I would try. And I would also fully understand that that is, you know, that's their house. It's their event. Uh, all are welcome. Uh, but, but don't cry if uh, you, you realize that, man, everybody, almost everybody here is from Charlie Company First Ranger Battalion. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because well, it's kind of in the name. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, you got you got to look. Um, did it start as a reunion event? There's no denying it. Absolutely, that first jump was clearly it was my friends list, Troy's friends list, everybody here's friends list, and we just gathered. Um, 
but then once we established the foundation, we acknowledged all all rangers. And um, I said that that second jump, which was technically the first summit, um, it, it we had all of them, second, third bat, you name it. And um, I mean, we have to do just a lot of guys that have come since that. I mean, hell, I mean, you know, you got David Grange showing up, who's a regimental commander. You know, not a single one in this room is going to sit there and have a beer with them during their time at bat, unless you're approached in a ranger ball or something. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's what we are. And all you got to do is just see how that went. And that was, that was fabulous. Yeah. So one of the things uh, during the summit that we have uh, begun to incorporate, uh, and we brought in some resources for it is a thing that's, that, that we call the back asthma. And sometimes I believe there's some confusion on that. And so I'm not putting you on the hot spot to give me a, a tried and true definition. But what 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 is your definition of, of the back asthma? Um, well, I mean, the name itself, it's basically, you know, you're out there shooting an asthmus. You need to get back to your patrol base or your ORP. You shoot back asthma and head back. It's coming back home. Um, and it's. It's, I think it has dual meetings. It's coming back home to your peers and your brothers, you know, back at patrol base. And it's also coming home to your family. Um, you know, a lot of us here may have watched the Twin Towers go down, but we didn't, you know, I wasn't active. I didn't re-up. Hell, I've already passed my first surgery. I don't think I could have. Um, did I want to? Yes. But beside the point, these guys have been fighting for 20 plus years and and they're now have experiences that you and I probably couldn't even fathom and they're, they're coming back home. And, um, so that's to me is the back asthma, the back asthma itself. It's a place that we can all come together. It's a closed room. There ain't nothing but Rangers and, and some family in there. And we just talk and you hear some experiences and it's a place that, um, I hate using the word safe place. Cause that's, uh, it just sounds gay from colleges and shit like that. I need my safe space. But Rangers need their safe place <laughs> that they can um, sit and talk and just, you know, spill their guts, tell you, tell people how they feel. And you're in a group of people that get it and ain't no one going to judge you. I mean, do we tease each other a lot? Absolutely. Sure. I've never heard more mama jokes in my life since the past three years. Um, but <laughs> point, point being is it's a, it's a safe place. You can say whatever's on your heart and mind. And my God, there's a group of people there that will take care of you. And they get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before I go into the world-famous speed round, uh, William, do you have any questions uh, for Lewis? Anything you'd like to cover? I'm, I'm good here. I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation. All right. Back to kind of getting to know people. I'm going to give you three questions. None of them are real difficult. And I uh, just want you to answer them. They're simple. Uh, starting with number one, favorite food. Oh, my God. I just had a sushi bowl. So that's right now. That's my favorite bowl, my favorite food. <laughs> okay. Well, for today, it's a sushi bowl. Uh, I think uh, I already know what's in your glass. So favorite uh, adult beverage. Uh, whiskey. I'm whiskey. a whiskey man. Yep. I blame Dan. Word? I blame Dame, Dan Mead for that. I really wasn't. Whiskey used to make me violent and angry, but for some yeah. reason it doesn't anymore. I don't know why. And it's a good, good unwind drink. Sure. Uh, favorite place you've been, work, uh, or just travel? 
man, that's a tough one. Um, with my job, one of the fun, one of the most interesting places to go is Grand Canyon. It's just a spectacular view. It's a spectacular place. I've been there during almost every season they have, and the winter at Grand Canyon is fabulous. Yeah, you know, I lived in Arizona for a few years, and strangely enough, we never went to the Grand Canyon. I've <laughs> always heard it's it's a gorgeous place to be. So, um, William, if you don't have anything else. I'm good. It's good to see you, Lewis. Yeah, Always. Lewis, we certainly thank you for in, in, coming in and taking time and, and chatting with us today. And, and we hope that you continue to do the great things that you're doing with the Hard Rock Charlie Foundation. It's absolutely my pleasure. If you need to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us at hardrockcharliefoundation.org. You can email us at info at hardrockcharliefoundation.org. And, of course, we'd like to thank those sponsors that keep stepping up year and year again to make sure that our event is successful. SOB Tactical, Patriot Spirit Vodka, Ohio Luxury Cabins, and Elite Leadership Training. That's all I've got for now. Until next time, Rangers lead the way. All the way. They might be from the country They might live in the city They might come from a small town But they're all so damn pretty They really